0: to Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and I feel like so much has happened over the past week that I don't even know where to begin. I think we must begin with entertainment, which I know we don't cover news in the intro, but I just gotta get this out. That Mainstream Street Electrical Parade is glowing away before Labor Day weekend. Are you joking? I am heartbroken about it. I, ho- I hope I hope something changes, but I know it won't because it's also going away with uh, Disneyland Forever Fireworks and that's being replaced by a Halloween fireworks show, which I am not about. I really like the classics and I just wish Main Street Electrical Braid was hanging around at Disneyland a little longer. And then on the other coast, I don't know if you saw it, but over the weekend, Jordan Fisher tweeted a little hint hint, like, don't you think we should bring a Happily Ever After back, the bombastic fireworks show in Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World? And I'm out here being like, what is happening? Granted, uh, I do have my little journalism cap on. It's a it's a news it's a little newsboy. What is it called? Like a pageboy cap? Uh, let's say it's made of like a tartan. It's like plaid and wool. And I've got a little notebook, and I'm like, hey, uh, what, what's happening here? Uh, just like the 1920s journalist. But I don't know if I believe that that video is authentic. I think it is maybe planted. It is maybe a piece of marketing material. Because think about it, if Jordan Fisher is posting about Happily Ever After now, 40-something days out from D23 Expo, maybe, I think we're about six months out from when Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary celebration ends, I'm just saying, put the facts together, it just seems like we might be ramping up towards new nighttime news. I don't know. I don't know, it's just interesting to me that within about a week's span, we hear of some and something's ending at Disneyland and other things being floated by talent within the show at Disney World. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But I feel like I feel like there's good news to come. I feel like we might get happily ever after back. We might get our baby back. And I'm I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping, hoping hoping and praying. A little separate from that, I do want to flag, I would have mentioned this in last week's episode, but we took the week off to work on future episodes. Uh, That's just how it works sometimes. Um, Thank you again for your patience and not having an episode last week, but I do want to flag that the nope portion from Jordan Peele's movie of the Universal Studios Hollywood Studio Tram Tour is now officially open to the public. I've been posting about this on Instagram for weeks now. I think it's incredible. They've never, ever added a segment to the studio tour that is day and date, which means like at the same time that a movie comes out. So it's a huge deal. It really solidifies Jordan Peele as one of the big directors on this tour. And I love it. I love it. I think it's a great experience and adds so much to that. Now, do I wish they, instead of pulling out of Jupiter's Claim, which is the section from the film that you will see, uh, and so which they just made a wide left and skipped past Fast and the Furious. Yes, I do. I don't ever want to go on that. It's very loud, but, uh, and it's not good. <laughs> it's loud and it's not good, but I, you know, at least this will give you something to cherish before you are stuck in that tunnel for way too long. So loud, so many guns blazing, ay ay ay! But I think that's—I mean, we don't even do news up here. But I just had to get it off my chest. I think that's all. And this week's episode is so fun. I'm excited to bring one of my closest friends on the podcast. Finally, 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 I didn't know I could. I didn't know. I didn't know that someone from the Walt Disney Company, who was a friend of mine, could come on the podcast. But he did, and it was great. And I hope you love it so much. I won't take up any more of your time. So stick around. I think you're gonna love it. Ooh, I think you're gonna love it. This week, we are talking to my friend and colleague, Jeffrey Epstein. You may be familiar with him from his work as a co-host on D23 Inside Disney, the company's legitimately good podcast, or his professional work overseeing communications for D23, the Walt Disney Archives, and plenty other facets of the company. But not many people seem to know about Jeffrey's very cool career history, and I felt like it was about time y'all did. He pioneered gay days at Disneyland, which you'll hear more about, wrote a massively important and very widely read LGBTQ guide to Disney theme parks, has a background as an actor and a journalist, and was, dare I say, Disney's very first influencer back in the day. We recorded this episode before going on the Disney Wish. Otherwise, we would have gotten deeper into shenanigans (laughs) that we had on board. But I do want to mention that their video episode of D23 Inside Disney is out and linked to in the show notes. And I highly recommend you watch, not only because podcast guest Andrew Barth Feldman is in a scene with current podcast guest Jeffrey Epstein. And it is very, very, very adorable. But... Jeffrey is so much more than just one of my closest friends and a huge Disney fan, and I hope you all enjoy learning more about him and the company. And get amped for D23 Expo in September through this episode, because there is so much news to come, and just from Jeffrey's tone about the event, I can tell it is going to be a good one. Hope you enjoy! Here is my friend, Jeffrey! <laughs> Welcome to Very Amusing!
1: Carly, welcome to, like, any day that ends in Y where we're <laughs> chatting with each other.
0: I know. I told Jeffrey before we started recording that it feels very 2025 to be Zooming, but I don't know how to set up two microphones in the same place, so I made Jeffrey do this over a computer.
1: Totally fine. It's just, like, any day that I'm talking to anyone lately yes. is on a Zoom, so it's very it's very normal for me.
0: I know. Well, but you at one point besides the video episodes which are great of D23 Inside Disney, I will have mentioned all of that by the time people listen to this. But <laughs> you did it one point you did them indoors before the pandemic, like you did in-person podcasts.
1: We did for the first like 6 or 8 months we did it uh in person and it was really great because the talent would all were always coming in and it was fun, you know, like just having Olivia Rodrigo come and sit down in in my office um Whoa. with josh bassett and and uh, at the time candace and sherry and it was just fun it was it was great to do it in person and i you know i think that there's a dynamic that is really fun and you get a good vibe going and you can see visual cues in a way yeah, zoom is certainly better than just doing an audio but i think there's something in person that you know, just like doing a meeting in person or hanging out in person there's just something a more connection
0: I completely agree. Uh, which brings me to my first question. Uh, I, that wasn't I know- your first question? Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. You're lucky I'm not making you gab for 30 minutes until we get to the real stuff. <laughs> As is pretty typical when we hang out because we end up hanging out for like nine hours straight. Totally Ed normal. Straight to <laughs> oh, boy. But while I know all about your background, I don't think listeners really know because you are very much you know you're you're the face of all these different entities of the walt disney company but you have a very cool past so if if you could just tell us your life story that would be fantastic
1: well no problem so back in 1969 my mother and my father <laughs> no um but whom I, I love, I, by I the
0: way whom have... i love
1: <laughs> <laughs> they love you too um and of course i love audrey um <laughs> It's uh so I I do want to say it was very nice of you to say I'm the face of a bunch of things, but there there's a lot of great faces, and we'll we'll talk more about them soon too, because there's a lot of great people who deserve a significant amount of credit for for all the incredible things that I am a, a, a part of. Uh, I so I, I'm originally from outside Boston. I was going to be a theater actor. Clearly, that worked out. Uh, when I was living in New York, I used to write music and musicals. And one day someone saw a musical I had written and he was an editor at a, a small magazine in New York and said, oh, I think you can write a magazine article, which I still think is a extraordinary leap for someone to make after like seeing my writing music and lyrics and saying like, oh, well, of course you're able to write a magazine article. And I said, I'll try. And I did. And I really liked it. So I eventually gave up the career of a stage actor to pursue the wildly stable life of a freelance journalist. (laughs) Something I'm sure you can relate to, not
0: at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's (laughs) all smooth sailing over here. People love paying for content. Anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was a different time. (laughs) Uh, I ended up, uh, over the years, I I kept writing, and I eventually became the West Coast editor. I moved out here to Los Angeles. I became the West Coast editor at Soap Opera Digest. That led to becoming the West Coast editor editor at Out Magazine. That led to becoming the West Coast entertainment editor at Us Weekly. And then I went to Disney. And during all that time, I had always been trying to find a good way into Disney because I love Disney. I've loved Disney since I was a kid, since I was seven and went to Disney World and just my head exploded. So I would always try to write stories about Disney whenever I could for the magazines, find a way to incorporate someone doing something at Disney. I created the Gay Days that happened at Disneyland. And then- Oh, can you
0: elaborate I... on Gay Days for anyone listening who isn't familiar?
1: Sure. So there are these fantastic, uh, unofficial mix and events at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. The Disney World one started in the early 90s, and I started the Gay Days that happened here in 98. Um, I just I took the model of what they were doing at Disney World at the time. It's very different now. But uh, I I just sent an email to all my friends and said pass it on because this was the '90s and there wasn't social media and there there wasn't a really great way to get people rallied to things and said hey you know everyone wear red, red hey everyone wear a red shirt let's all go to Disneyland and just have a great time and over the years it grew and and we worked a lot with Disney and the fantastic people in the events group there and we took out hotel room blocks. We did parties in the parks and then in downtown Disney. And over the years, it just, it grew and uh, it's fantastic. And it's a really fun event. And really, it's really just about people being able to express their love of Disney and just being their authentic selves in the park. And I think that's such, it's such a great thing. And over the years, certainly the feedback that I got when I was running it and and even in the years since is how impactful that was because the event's been going on for so long now that there are, are people who were not born who now are going or there were people who were kids and saw that and it somehow affirmed their existence in a way that they hadn't had before. So it, it that's it's just a, a fantastic event and Disney's always just been incredibly supportive in my role at Disney now. We've, we've had D23 in the welcome center that they have in the Grand Californian. And there have been other Disney participants in the event, Disney fairy tale weddings, Disney vacation club, Alani, Disney music group, ABC, lots of great participation from different parts of the company at Disneyland. And, and Eddie Shapiro took that over from me, which has been great. Uh, we also, he and I co wrote a book called Queens in the Kingdom, and uh, it was a, an LGBTQ guide to the Disney theme parks. So we did two editions of that. And through those things, eventually it led me to this great meeting at. Disney with this man, Stephen Clark, who said, hey, I'm working on something I'd like to talk to you about. He eventually told me about D23 and said, I need someone who can do marketing. And um, much like my friend who back in New York saw someone who wrote music and lyrics and said, you can be a magazine writer. He saw someone who had been a magazine writer and had done events and produced this stuff and said, hey, you can do marketing, which I thought was an incredible leap and something that I don't know that I have the vision to be able to, to do with someone. Brought me in in 2008 in uh, October, and we launched D23 in 2009. And uh, it's just been an incredible, an incredible journey with D23. And then my role has grown at the company, and it's just been fantastic. I get to work now with the Walt Disney Archives and our brand and franchise teams. And I've probably answered this question much longer than you really wanted it to go on. No, I I
0: have follow up (laughs) questions because, like, I think a lot of people you know, like see you online or uh, like see us hanging out all the time. And it's like, we know Jeffrey works there. We know Jeffrey's involved with D23. We know Jeffrey's involved with D23 Expo, but also like that, your job has so many different facets to it. Like you're also kind of like a corporate comms guy. Like you're in it. You're in all these different pockets of the company. And it's very cool, especially because you left out one of my favorite parts, the origin of Disney geek. (laughs) Like you were truly, you were a content creator before that was a thing
1: i guess i was you
0: were you're the, you're the first you're like uh, the first you're like um you know like like the first humans were on the planet that's you but for wow, content I mean,
1: i'm old but i'm maybe not that old. But, i didn't um, need to call you a caveman you're just a,
0: a pioneer let's say oh wow
1: okay a, a, a pioneer so i'm like like pre-civil war era not but, complete but like cute, cute little
0: hats setting okay. the trends
1: fair enough fair yeah. enough yeah so it Uh, We had done the first D23 Expo in 2009. We came up with the idea for doing a Destination D event uh, in 2010. And we were looking at new ways to promote what D23 was doing. And I, I happened to identify that there wasn't really a Disney voice that was talking about all of the incredible things that the company was doing holistically. Of course, you know, the parks were great at talking about the parks and studios, great at talking about studio. There wasn't one voice putting it all together. And D23, in many ways, was created to be that for for fans, both in the digital space and the printed space. So I suggest, why don't we do this, this video series? And we can every week, we'll just do the latest Disney news, and we'll film it at my desk because you know, we're, we're on a budget. And also it's it like, it, it's authentic. Like we don't need a fancy studio. We just need someone who likes Disney a lot. <laughs> and, uh, luckily I checked that box. So yeah, we just filmed it at my desk for a little over a year and it, it was so much fun to do. And every week it, it Someone noted this recently, I'd forgotten that in the first like week or so, my desk was like, had Disney stuff on it, but it also just sort of looked like a desk. And eventually we were like, oh, we're going to bring on the Disney. And so every week it looked like my office had exploded, mashing up a Disney store with a Disney theme park and everything else that I love, a Broadway show. So it was just so much fun. And yeah, it was great. And then of, of course, years later, Zenya, who is our head of communications, wanted to do an audio podcast. So she brought me in and said what are your thoughts and together we worked out this idea for inside disney which is m- modeled a bit on on disney geek where you've just got excited disney people talking about what the news is and then we brought in this interview component which is obviously much easier to do on an audio podcast than it is on the video podcast which required a lot of editing every week and i mean not that we don't require a lot of editing every week as it is for the audio <laughs> but i think it's easier <laughs> um, yeah. i think it's easier with audio
0: I, I, it has to be because then if someone's making a weird face, it's not an issue. I I didn't realize that that D twenty three inside Disney, which as people know, I love the podcast. I didn't realize it came from the top. This is truly like a that's a that's a big old deal.
1: Yeah, Zhenya and uh, thank you, Zhenya. Uh, Xenia was always uh, had great vision, um, and, and as does Christina, our new uh, leader in comms there. Zhenya just always felt like the the more we could truly and authentically reach out to the fans and provide them something that they maybe weren't already getting, the, the better. I think the great thing is we will never be a Very Amusing or a WW Radio or any oh, of these God. fantastic if you, podcasts. If you
0: imagine the company's <laughs> stock would tank if it's just
1: hardly. the official
0: platform being like, we have banded together to decide blue foods should not exist.
1: <laughs> you did make an exception for the shrimp, however. If I remember correctly. I did. And I
0: really liked the shrimp.
1: I'm looking forward to that shrimp someday. I, but we, so we're never going to be uh, a podcast like yours because you're, you're able to provide a perspective that we don't have. You know, we're in the company and we love everything that's going on. And we're, we're able to talk about things from one POV and you're able to look at things from a different, so it, from a different perspective. So I think that it really uh, complements what the, what a lot of the fans and and podcasters are doing out there now.
0: Yeah. I The thing I really like about it, and granted, I do love Synergy. Uh, I love that it's every week I know that in the front segment of the podcast, I'm going to get every single update because I have been trying to not check every single Disney fan site every single day like I used to. <laughs> I'm trying to like take, take a backseat, not fill my head with information. And this way, I know that because I'm not really tapped into some of the stuff that's happening on the other side of the company. And this way, I'm really caught up on everything every single week. And then there's a guest who's always interesting and fun.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it, and yeah, that's, it, that is really where that format with the news at the beginning is because we know that sometimes the guest will be a Marvel person. So maybe a lot of the people listening uh, who are coming in for the first time won't know a ton about what's going on in our theme parks. Or maybe it's a theme park related episode, but we're talking about something new that's Marvel. It's, it's a great opportunity for people who are coming for one thing to also have some exposure to another, which is, is something that we really like to do.
0: Yeah, I genuinely learn about a lot of stuff that's coming to or is on Disney Plus because of the podcast, because I'm not tapped into that at all. I am not scrolling through my screen. I'm just going there to watch one singular Marvel program and then leaving.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. I I am. uh, And I say I learn a lot from you. I learn where the best popcorn vendors are uh, from you. And I've learned about many different food things that I had previously not been aware of. Um, and and have been excited to try and indulge in. So there you go.
0: Well, I guess that makes me want to ask you: Which way do you turn at World Showcase, left or right?
1: Okay, you. We've had this discussion. The fact that you're calling me out on the pod, um, I and I see. I'm someone who respects people going either way.
0: We don't, I, but go on.
1: <laughs> fair enough. Mm, <laughs> you're a monster. I I go to the right because I like ending my day at Mexico. And I believe that a beautiful morning in Canada is a magical thing. So I like to go counterclockwise. Um, I guess there, there have been times I have gone clockwise and started in Mexico and then also finished in Mexico because that's a, also a, a lovely thing. But um, yeah, I, I'm generally a, a breakfast and then, a, you know, then going into a hard cider over uh, in UK. See, this is it's, it for me, it's very methodical.
0: <laughs> yeah, but no, so no one else, when they answer it, typically cites time of day. It's usually like you don't want to start in Mexico because then you'll be drinking too much. But this way in the morning, you're right. Like a margarita isn't really a morning drink. You want to go slow. Like if you're <laughs> spending the whole day at Epcot, you're there till 2 p.m. You can't get out. That's not a bad idea.
1: I would seen know, you get like a croissant or something on the way and you just you just it's a natural flow for me. I'm not saying that's what everyone needs to do. And then certainly everything gets all twisted if you're coming in from the international gateway like them. What do you do? Do you do you then start in the U.K.? Do I start in the U.K. but then turn around and go to France? It's all they get very confusing in those moments.
0: I I completely understand. I completely understand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do want to ask you about Walt Disney Archives because you are Mm. closer to all of the secret things they hold than probably anyone else. (laughs) You're always working with their special exhibits around the country. So. You have seen basically everything. If you could steal one item from the Walt Disney Archives that has been presented publicly, what would it be?
1: That's a great question. because I it, And I've got to give you huge credit, first, of course, to Dave Smith, who created the Walt Disney Archives, and Becky, who's now the director of the archives, and Joanna, who's the senior manager. They are all so incredibly talented and have done such a fantastic job of taking an idea of exhibiting some things at D23 Expo and turning it into this incredible opportunity for fans to see all of these treasures around the country. And I, I, as you know, I just got back from Michigan uh, in Dearborn, where the Henry Ford Museum just debuted the Heroes and Villains costume exhibit that was at the Museum of Pop Culture previously and then had started at Expo in 2019. I know that's not answering your question, but I did want to give them a shout out because it's (laughs)
0: a- I uh, but, yeah, no, but, but what would you steal Okay and again I, I this is, you're not steal actually it. stealing I have it to, uh, which thing I would... like which item would do you do you yearn for which item would you be like if 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 they gifted me this I would be happy to have it in my home
1: Either a Mr. Toad car or a Peter Pan flight vehicle Peter Pan's flight vehicle would be harder to prop up I suppose I'd need to have a little stand for it so the Toad vehicle may just be more useful, practical. I could like sit in and watch TV, have some popcorn watching my Disney plus. So that, that would probably, I've always wanted a ride vehicle. So, or a Skyway bucket. Oh,
0: Skyway bucket
1: would be amazing. I'm like all about the ride vehicles, attraction vehicles.
0: I thought you were going to go for like a wackadoo costume.
1: The other thing that they have that they break him out sometimes for exhibits is Oscar from, Country bears from from Disneyland, and Oscar is just so adorable. Uh, and I love that Oscar has his own little teddy bear. So they, it's super cute. So again, I think I think Oscar would look great in my condo. But I also think he is being incredibly well taken care of and preserved by our friends at <laughs> the Walt Disney World.
0: Uh, very fair answer. <laughs> Disney employee denies committing crime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Never. I will never no. I'm, i would never steal from them. They are they are amazing, but uh I, well, I frequently covet.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, which brings me to my next question. That you basically have your own archive. You have you have <laughs> saved so much stuff. I've been lucky enough to see some of it. Like you save all of the I call it, a lot of times I call some stuff like beautiful trash, like little napkins, little pieces of paper, things like that. But you have a collection of everything. So in your Jeffrey archives, Uh what is the one item that you are most happy that you own? Or that means the most to you? Just the one item where you're like, yeah, I love that. Even if it's something that you just got a million years ago and it just reminds you of of a good trip.
1: Yeah, I, one of the things that I did uh, at the beginning of, uh, the pandemic and work from home I was going through all my stuff because I was obviously many of us were like well we're stuck at home let's may as well do some spring fall winter summer fall spring cleaning <laughs> so I was going through all my stuff and I was like oh so I threw all, all these uh, videos up on Instagram on my IGTV just to be like hey look at all the stuff that I've saved since I was really young and uh, like clearly I'm a a, have a problem um, but there are a few things there is. So I'm going to give you a few answers because there's That's one because uh, I'm just going to talk for hours now. Um, That's what
0: this is, buddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have a pictorial souvenir book from Walt Disney World from the first time I visited in 1977 with my family. And I love that so much. I still look through it. And I love looking at how things were then, how, and I love thinking about how they've changed, and I love thinking about some of the things are still the same and just as wonderful as I remember from when I was a kid. One of the the more current things that I acquired, not by stealing, uh, they do something uh, called cast auction sometimes, and I bid and won, and by one I mean I paid for, but I won it. (laughs) Did
0: did not steal Uh, it.
1: Did not steal <laughs> is the sign from the Tangled Meet and Greet that was at Disneyland. Cool. It's a it's a fairly massive sign that says Tangled, and I love Tangled. It's one of my favorite movies. So it's really cool for me to to have that. And I look at it because it's in my office, right? It can, I know your listeners oh, yeah. can't see, but it's right there. It's it's got a couple of things in front of it. But it's
0: really pretty too.
1: It is. It's very pretty. Um I also also acquired in the auction one of the fish from, oh, you can't say it's blocked by the lake, but one of the fish from uh, Little Mermaid Ariel's underwater, undersea adventure. So I, I love those things because they're just that's, like parts of my happiness.
0: That's so cool. I didn't know about this cast auction.
1: It is there sometimes and, and it's something that's great. Uh, I, I love it. It's a great opportunity for cast members to, as we would say, own a piece of the magic.
0: Oh my god! you do? Wow! Very I do. I've
1: cool. got way too much magic. I've got so much magic. I've got. I've got magic to spare. I've got yeah, magic I, to do.
0: But I'm so glad because then I get to see stuff like like weird old contemporary napkins that make me so happy.
1: Yeah, I do have weird old. I've I have matchbooks from Pleasure Island. Wow! I, do have, I I've I've got all sorts of stuff that people you know look at me like I have three heads sometimes, but I'm, I love it all. I, it brings back a lot of happy memories for me and, and memories of my friends and family, which is why I keep them. Um. Oh, wow.
0: So cool. I guess speaking of friends and family, Jeffrey, we got to talk about your birthday party.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> so I had the time of my life. Thank you again for planning this party. But I know that we've discussed that uh, people don't always realize that everything we did is available to everyone.
1: Right, and thank yeah. you for asking that because I, I you know I did I did post some stuff and I know you posted from it as well. The team at Walt Disney World Special Events they are amazing. I worked with a fantastic person named Sylvia who helped me set it all up, and Sarah who helped execute it. But yeah, everything that we did from uh, an attraction mix-in to a cocktail party in the Star Wars Launch Bay, which so cool <laughs> um, I, that was so funny because you had been mentioning on your your show like a few weeks before the the event like you were wondering like oh am I ever going to get to go back in there and I was like "Mm, we'll see oh Uh, you
0: knew you knew we were going to be eating oh god what did we eat in there that was so good
1: there was the the shrimp and the chicken satay the
0: shrimp the shrimp (laughs) our friend Jackie and I were just sitting like gobbling these shrimp up being like we know dinner is coming but we can't help ourselves
1: Yay! yeah and and then the dinner in the rotunda at, at the american adventure uh, all of those things uh, you know you just have to use your imagination uh to quote figment and it, they're an incredible incredible talented team and they really deliver the best in guest services and and uh and a huge thanks to my friend Corey mcfan who uh some of you may know she works for disney fairy tale weddings and is fantastic. And she was the one who really gave me some, some inspiration. And, uh, she was a guest on our show not so long ago. And, uh, I, I just really, they, they know no bounds. They're sort of two halves of the same coin, the fairy Tale weddings and the celebration and events team. Um, because they, they access a lot of the same opportunities and they're so creative and so smart and, uh, so willing to work with you. I, I, I cannot cavil enough about how good my experience was and it made all the better by being able to share it with so many friends and family. And as you know, obviously this was planned for 2020 <laughs> yes. um, and then everything happened. Um, and then, and as you also know, I I had cancer and beat it and it sort of reframed my perspective on, on lots of things, obviously, but um on what I was going to do it originally was like well I could do this but I should probably do this then it was like nope we're just going to do everything because life is too short and and I want to spend it doing things that I care about with people who I love and so um so yeah I kind of went a little over the top but uh, I was very glad that everyone went over the top with me
0: (laughs) oh we were right there with you we were lockstep it was it was so good I I don't know if you're going to be able to answer this, but was there one portion of the evening that stands out as like an absolute highlight to you?
1: Yes, there there was. I, I again, the Voices of Liberty uh, are, are so phenomenally talented and something that I was able to incorporate into the event. And they sang Disney songs, which was amazing. I remembered I, I'd known that they'd done this, but I, I remember seeing some concerts where they only did Disney songs. And I thought, well, that would be just amazing. So uh, they were there and I I knew they were going to be great. Like, you already know Voices of Liberty. They are amazing. But watching all of my friends and family watching the Voices of Liberty, I got chills. It was even even my adorable niece, Dylan, who is nine, was just so focused and not looking around. No one was looking at their phones. Everyone was just hyper focused. And that brought me An extra level of joy. It was the icing on an already incredibly delicious birthday cake.
0: Which you also had which was great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was great. I love a good sheet cake.
0: I think Uh, for me, one of the coolest things was that our group was big enough where we were basically our own. Oh, no, that's not not where the sentence ends. I promise. it. It's not like our group was huge anyway. um, Like we all got to basically do Rise of the Resistance as our own group, just based on the amount of numbers we had. It just worked out that way. And it was very cool to and I won't I won't spoil anything because I I try not to mention details of that ride. But we were able to really move through the attraction in our own little bubble. And that was so unique. That's something I've never really been able to do before.
1: And it was on I didn't know i I hadn't thought that we were going to have that right that number. I didn't even consider that, so it was a yeah. it was a fun thing for me too. It was a great surprise. There were lots of little moments like that where I was like, oh, this worked out in a way that I never could have anticipated Ugh. and I would look, I was just so happy that I mean I was so happy you were there so many people who who took their time to come and celebrate that just meant a lot to me and I am so grateful that the the teams at Disney really just you know. Blew it out exactly as I had envisioned in my imagination.
0: It was so great for many reasons. Uh, also, including that I learned how good boats are.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Jeffrey and I went on boats. I'm sure I yelled about this in the podcast before. We went on boats twice while we were there. You can just take a boat out and just like drive around. And they let you be in the ferry traffic. I can't believe I can't believe they let you do it. I can't believe that's a thing that anyone can do
1: our collector set last year for D23 gold members was an incredible set of items celebrating the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. And one of the things that we put together, Justin Arthur from the D23 team did an incredible job of putting together this 50 things um, that you should do at Disney World. And one of the things I said was, you've got to rent a boat because it's something that I I agree. It it doesn't, it, it doesn't sound quite as maybe as sexy as like, I'm, Going on test track or whatever, but it's so much fun. It's, I I feel like it's really transportive. Like you're completely feeling like you're not at Disney world. You're, it's very peaceful. It's so, can be so quiet out there on the water, except when you're screaming, um, But in a lovely, magical way. Except you're panicking
0: way. because boats are right behind you and you're trying to get out of the way. And like, you know how to drive a car, but then you're in this situation where you're like, I think I'm doing this right. And then they're like, get it. You're going slow. Go to the side. Then the signs say something else. It's a little stressful.
1: It was, uh, it's, it, it was, a, but it made it of the all fun. the funnier. Yeah, it, it's so fun. And and I, I feel like next time we have to prepare a smidge better and get like a picnic or something and, and plan. Because we both times were so spontaneous. It was like, hey, look, there's a boat. We should rent a boat.
0: <laughs> I know, but I love that it's I mean, because Disney World is not built around spontaneity and you don't need a reservation. You can just roll up to Grand Floridian or or contemporary right now. Be like, can mm-hmm. I take a boat out? And if they have it, you can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, and I love the, the little water sprites. I don't think they're doing right now, but they are doing the pontoons, which is they're so great. And you can get multiple people on there, which is really fun. And you can, yeah, oh, you yeah, can, just- can
0: load up friends. You can bring food, which is yes. so fun.
1: What was your favorite thing that you saw from the water? Because like, you get such a different perspective.
0: I really enjoyed seeing Discovery Island and basically even going, pulling out of Disney's Contemporary Resort and going left past Bay Lake Tower, mm. just it just immediately felt like I was on vacation somewhere that wasn't a theme park. Because all you see are trees and water and it's just, it's so scenic, but it's somewhere you'd never be otherwise.
1: Totally. And I, I love seeing Discovery. Discovery Island is actually one of my Great childhood regrets not pushing my parents to 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 bring us there. Because obviously we were hyper-focused on like, Magic Kingdom, we got to be in the Magic Kingdom. Why would I want to go to Discovery Island? Now I'm like, darn it, I wish I'd gone to Discovery Island. Sort of like the same feeling I have about uh, not having been at Disneyland in time to go on adventure through inner space.
0: Oh, ah, that hurts. It does. Well, I have plenty of those because I got started very late in this game. <laughs>
1: sure. And I'm very old, so I've had a chance to do a lot.
0: You've done so much. It's very cool. Uh, Considering that you've interviewed basically everyone (laughs) across different facets of entertainment, is there any Disney-related story anyone's ever told you that was just kind of shocking or surprising or has stood with you through time?
1: Angelina Jolie talking about going to Disney jail at Disneyland. (laughs) it's definitely not something we expected to hear and so we were all like just so surprised there was this like weird moment of like our jaws just dropping and then laughter she she was such a great interview first i just so warm she and uh, kumail nanjani were we did them together for eternals and
0: and this so is not the podcast warm. Sorry. And this is on the podcast.
1: Yes, this is on the podcast. Yeah. And and so, and and she, of course, we're like, oh, tell us stories. And she's like, well, I went to Disneyland jail. And we're like, wait, what? Uh, and it was so fun. She was just so great and just like told it with such spirit. Anyway, so that was a really, that was a very fun, unexpected story. And we just had Chris Evans on and uh, talked to, He talked about getting, I think it was uh, these figurines of Jacques and Gus. Um yeah. From Cinderella. Yeah, I heard and, that on that interview. And I thought like that was... One of his favorite memories. And I thought that's such a sweet that to me was an unexpected memory. Like you'd think like all of the incredible opportunities he's had being a part of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and and being a massive Disney fan that it might have been some a bigger thing. And it was just this like really small moment. And I thought that was really lovely.
0: I agree. I think he said they're like still with still on his desk or like still in his home.
1: I, it was, yes, which is great. I mean, I think a lot of us, I mean, as we've already were talking about my massive collection of ephemera that a lot of these things that you do, they, you keep them with you because they're a touch point to something, a, a happy memory. And I, I guess the, the other one that really surprised me, that was really funny when I was chatting with Bob Chapek and he talked about, um, the family dressing up as the characters from Hocus Pocus for Halloween. And I didn't expect that. And I... <laughs> loved that story i love that this was obviously years ago that you know like that was a level of disney fandom i wasn't expecting to to get and it was just wonderful
0: that's why i love the podcast because sometimes sometimes there's news dropping sometimes there's information you never expect i didn't expect chris evans to be a cinderella stan who would have thought
1: and robin hood i mean he and robin lopez need to totally
0: oh yeah the robin Robin lopez's robin hood fandom is definitely on a different level. Yes,
1: yes. But I, <laughs> they, I, I, they could hang mom. out.
0: <laughs> they could definitely hang out. They are like, yeah, they're both great. Oh, I wish they were friends. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe they so,
1: are. Maybe they're secret friends. Oh, um, was that. there anything that anyone's told you that really was surprising?
0: Oh, well, uh, my memory is just like a bag of marbles jostling around in my brain. Hmm. But um, I'm trying to think. I, mm, I think the one thing I think of is robin lopez talking about going to tour shanghai i believe it was and he wore flip-flops and being in this line of work so you know like if you go to something that's semi construction site adjacent even if they're not they're close to being done even if there's paths you have to wear certain safety gear because that's how disney is like they're very safety focused especially if things are under construction and him rolling up with like a shoe size that no one else has (laughs) in flip-flops is so funny to me because it's like oh no (laughs) what do i do
1: Yeah, what do you I mean? Yeah. Uh, but he they, they they found a way, if I remember correctly. Yeah, from yeah. The he show. he
0: made it in. But I think that's maybe I'm trying to think Uh something I do think about often is how Andrew Barth Feldman, who I was able to have on the podcast because of you. Thank you again. You're welcome. Uh, Andrew talked about how his family would go to Disney World for so long every year. Yes. Which is I never really hear about that anymore. And Andrew was young, so this was recent. Like he would just decamp to Disney World and just stay there.
1: Yeah, that's it's like my that's like my Disney cruise line dream. Like you know, like I would like to be on a cruise ship for like the those fourteen night cruises are my they're like my happy place. Well, like, hey, listen,
0: when you retire, you can either go live in that weird little Disney town. <laughs> Or you can not be a weird one of,
1: little Disney story living by Disney is not a weird Disney town. It is okay. amazing.
0: I understand you're a and company friend, man. Uh, I understand you, there should not be water out there in the desert. It doesn't make sense. It shouldn't be there.
1: You can take that up with our friend Michael Hunjin. And, uh, you know, because you are now pals with him. So you can have discussions. But I, I think knew, it is. But, I'm, Jeffrey, I'm ready to line up.
0: I'm never going to visit you. It's going to be 130 degrees.
1: You're, uh, but by that point, Los Angeles might be in the ocean, so that might, okay, that that might be a beachfront property, I'm just saying.
0: That is true. There would definitely be, like, an earthquake divide of the city. Okay, you're right. You're <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think in terms of global warming, we might be okay. But also, people sometimes retire on cruises. They just, like, live on a cruise.
1: I, it has crossed my mind. Um, I'm, I am just really need to make sure that 401k is in a good place, because yeah. <laughs> I cannot think of a better place to live the, live out my years than on a Disney cruise ship, although I'm fairly certain that the crew and staff would Um wish otherwise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They'd be like we got to give this dude a chicken fingers award every week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they are very good. They're exceptional. I know.
0: I know. We're recording this before we go on the Disney Wish and it's airing after, but I do hope that the crew of this vessel knows that you are a reigning, how do I describe it? A chicken finger champion?
1: I am the number one fan of chicken tenders two times running. It's true. I've got two the certificates.
0: T- well, I mean, what are you going to do on this sailing to make sure you secure the bag?
1: I I I mean, hopefully you will by the time this comes out, people will know. People will know what <laughs> we're doing. No. You'll
0: there just be wearing be a, a medal around your neck going forward.
1: <laughs> I mean, I that's I, essentially anytime I go on a Disney cruise week, you know, we get the Mickey medallions. Like that's that yep. is uh that's how we roll. Oh. I do I do like to say, though, I, ne- I first of all, I never win Disney trivia, I, or I should say I rarely win Disney trivia. There's always uh, an amazing Disney fan who knows way more than me. I end up winning, like, 80s music trivia, thanks to our friend Bruce, or uh, pop culture trivia, thanks to our friend Andrew. <laughs>
0: I, I don't um, believe you. I think you throw it. I think you throw it because it's a bad look for, for Disney expert Jeffrey Epstein to win Disney trivia. Also, did you—because you've created a show for Disney Cruise Line, but you didn't create the trivia, right?
1: So answering the second bar first, I actually did create a few trivias that I did when I was a guest speaker on one of the ships, which was super fun to do because we made our trivia just like, like you are a hardcore D23 fan and a, and a Disney lover, which was great. I like name that Disney tune you didn't know was a Disney tune. So that that's always my, you know, songs from Pretty Woman, I'm in. And uh, yes, we did. I, I did create a show. With, with the fabulous team, Jeremy Cohen and, um, and Hunter and Courtney and all these wonderfully talented people called, it was originally called Disney at Sea with D23. And then uh, when, when Cruise Line wasn't operating because of uh, the pandemic, we I, it obviously wasn't on the ship. And then it took a little bit to get it back because th- they've obviously been gearing, back, uh, gearing things back up on the ships. It's now back. It's called D23 Inside Disney at Sea because it does follow a similar format to the podcast. There aren't really interviews, but it essentially expands what we do on the the pod. And you actually get to see the full trailers and every month we update it. So it's on it's on most cruises. You can always check your Disney Cruise Line navigator to see if it's on your cruise.
0: Oh, my God, that's so cool. I didn't realize it was like that, like truly back in the swing of things.
1: Yes, we, we brought it back in, in May working with the wonderful, wonderful people at uh, Disney Cruise Line. And yeah, we've we updated. The, there's a June show now we're working. I'm actually going to be uh, working on the July show and it should be on the ships, uh, hopefully all of them by the time this oh my comes God. out.
0: Oh, my God. If anyone listening goes on a cruise and does this tag Jeffrey. And if you hate it, don't <laughs> tag Jeffrey, <laughs> but I'm sure you'll love it.
1: But I, I have to say, I've seen it a few times and the people who do it, it's, it's either sometimes the assistant cruise director or some of the entertainment hosts. And they're so phenomenally talented. They're always, they're always so talented. great.
0: Like the people who have that job. I'm like, I can't imagine how you find someone with that skill set who is always this energetic and good in front of people. They're so good.
1: They are. They're amazing. I, I, the, the whole crew and, and cast of the ships are just they, they never cease to amaze me because they are I, unlike at a theme park where you go home at the end of the day or back to your hotel. Like you are living and breathing with them almost twenty four seven because yeah. you know, from the moment you wake up to the moment you're going to sleep, there are people around who are there to entertain and help and serve, and they're all just uh, they're just amazing. But
0: you are throwing trivia, right? There's no way. There's no way you I, wouldn't I, win. You're throwing it. I, you're throwing.
1: <laughs> nope. I. I. I honestly, I can't. I'm like way too competitive to throw trivia. Oh, that I is have, true.
0: that is true. Okay. <laughs>
1: There was one time where I, where I won and I, but I gave it to the second place team because I felt like that was the right thing to do. But also like, I still (laughs) had that satisfaction of of winning, but I, I, I don't win very often people. It's, it's funny. I remember Dave Smith and Becky Klein from the archives talking about this because they're the archivists. People will come up to them and ask them sometimes very specific questions assuming that, they are walking Disney A disease, which I completely understand why someone would think that because in in every interview and they're, they're, they possess, well, Dave possessed and um, Becky possesses so much knowledge, but they're not like a lot of times we, you know, if, if we're about to do a show or something and you know, Becky will do the research, like not everyone knows everything. And I, I am very similar to that. I know a lot about a, a few things or a little about a lot of things. But there are some Disney fans who absolutely put me to shame and constantly impress me.
0: Wow! And also just to keep on plugging you, there is a episode with Becky Klein of the Disney Archives of your of your podcast that is great. I love it. And she talks about um, one item that they've been looking for, which I won't spoil, but it's worth it's worth listening to if you can help help the search for it.
1: Becky is, yeah, Becky is so, so talented. And the whole archives team, Kevin, Ed, Kelsey, they're all just wonderful.
0: Okay, you know that feeling that everyone knows something that you don't? For me, that used to be Quint's but no more. Quince is a truly astounding retailer, essentially carrying everything a person on your mood board would wear. We're talking washable silk blouses, chic leather bags, 14 karat gold jewelry, European linen dresses. And the best part of all is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They're up here with Mongolian cashmere sweaters. $50! Beautiful, timeless items you can wear and actually live in. Meaning you don't have to be scared to bring them on your theme park travels. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you're sensitive to retailers like I am, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, and premium fabrics and finishes. But it's not just your everyday work-life clothes. They have everything. I recently joined a new gym, big deal for me, and desperately needed new workout clothes to wear there. It's kinda like an LA gym, it's like it kinda gotta look cute. So I ordered a pair of their Ultraform bike shorts and high-rise pocket leggings, and when I tell you, the quality of these leggings is truly on par with brands I paid three times as much for. Which really kinda makes me love these three times more. I'm not only gonna buy them again, but Actually buy the other travel stuff in my cart because they have things like beautiful pastel suitcases for 129 bucks and these wildly affordable compression packing cubes that I have been waiting forever to buy compression packing cubes and they're always so pricey in here the price fits. So if you want to get ready for work, your new gym, travel, anything in your life, go to Quince. Quince.com slash amusing will get you free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Ooh, that's nice for someone who puts stuff off like I do. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash amusing to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash
2: amusing. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at try That's TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M D.com.
0: Something I've brought up to you before that I am shocked by is that you have Ming-Na Wen's number in your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, to me, like, unbelievable that you could send a text to me or Mina Wen. Like, that doesn't make sense. So uh, I hope you're willing to answer this. But who is the most famous person in your phone besides Mignot Wen? Oh. Hmm. I know there's got to be a good one. <laughs> He's checking his phone.
1: <laughs> I think for, for a, a Disney fan, probably the best person who I text with on a regular basis is Bob Gurr. So,
0: yes, you are. <laughs> I forgot about that. You are close personal friends with Bob Gurr.
1: <laughs> so, Bob is probably the, Yeah, there. I, I, from all my different lives at different, you know, when I was, whether I was an actor or writer, I, I got to know so many incredible people. Uh, maybe Lance Bass is, I, what? he could be one of them. He's, he's terrific and, and so sweet. I mean, there's also Stamos. He's, you know, mass, he's a great Disney fan. I've known him for a gajillion years. He, uh, uh, it's just terrific. And and I would be remiss without mentioning the unofficial fourth host of the D23 Inside Disney podcast, Evette Nicole Brown, who is one of the <laughs> yes. most lovely, generous, kind human beings on the face of the earth.
0: I was like, who's the unofficial host? Bob Chapek? <laughs> like, I, what do you mean there's an unofficial host? But she's yeah, been
1: I, on so many episodes.
0: I would say she's, Evette to me feels like like the D23 Expo celebrity, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. She's amazing. I mean, yeah, yeah.
0: she's involved in so much different stuff and she's so charismatic. And having seen her on stage for, oh, God, what was at uh, D23 Expo 2019? Was she hosting the Legends? She hosted
1: the Disney Plus panel.
0: The Disney Plus panel. And I was like, this woman does it all. She does it all. She's amazing.
1: She did just did a fantastic job at Star Wars Celebration with the Lucasfilm panel. um, And she's hosted now several times and will be back um, with Ashley Eckstein and Ali Maki judging the masquerade with uh Host Nina West. So that's yeah. going to be amazing. And and they all love each other, so it you it just uh and they've gotten to know each other, so the rapport is just so great and you really just feel this true uh, authentic bond with them, which is really fun.
0: Oh, incredible. I think we've reached the point where I'm going to ask you a zillion questions in our lightning lane round. Get okay. it. Okay. I, I get it.
1: it. I'm, I'm I get it. That's <laughs>
0: Oh, so uh, what! Oh thank you. I mean, it really wasn't didn't take a lot of thinking to put those two words together. But <laughs> um, what is the best Disney event you've been to? We're talking red carpets, movie premieres, after parties, land openings. Is there one there you were like, whoa, this is cool. I mean, they're all cool, but
1: possibly for me, the, the one that was the most amazing was the first destination D23, because uh, at the time. I we d- didn't know what it was going to be and I I had made a pitch to Steven and said, "Well, what if we do a concert where like half of it's Richard Sherman and the other half are like celebrities singing Disney songs?" And uh, for from Disneyland because it was for Disneyland's 55th. And he said, "That's a great idea. You you cast the celebrities because you had worked at us weekly, so therefore you must know celebrities." And yeah. I so I, I, I did reach out to a ton of, of my friends and I, I was and and, and uh, very good acquaintances. Um, and we ended up with, you know, Ana Ortiz, Michael yuri Wilson Cruz, John Tartaglia, Tracy Toms, and you know, they're, they're all people I know. And they were just so amazing. And at the last minute, um, Barrett Foa, who is also a friend, um, had gotten, had been called to work on NCIS Los Angeles, which uh, the show he was on. And so he couldn't perform and Steven said, okay, well, Ana needs someone to sing A Whole New World with, so you'll sing. And I <laughs> got to get up on stage and duet with Ana Ortiz in front of Richard Sherman and all these Disney legends. And it was just this, like, mind-blowing, amazing experience. So um, that was a really long answer to a question that's supposed to be lightning, no, but there you that's go. it's
0: fascinating because it's all of your worlds combining into one moment.
1: Yes. Like singing and, and fabulous talent and Disney fans and Disneyland. And yeah, it was yeah, it's your
0: past, present and future all happening at once.
1: Yes. And that team, I mean, you know, so many of the people who put that together, it just was it just was amazing and a wonderful day. And, and oh God, I'd, like, I just loved the, the feeling of the room, being in a room full of incredible Disney fans, people who love Disney as much as as I do, as much as we do. And to feel that love coming just was I mean, it. So, yes, I could say things like, yes, I've been to great premieres or I got to go in the christening of the Disney dream, which was amazing. But something that personally was just something that I, I will never be able to experience again. Wow.
0: Uh, what was your most memorable Disney character to meet?
1: Obviously, everyone loves Mickey. And and I, I some of my favorite characters to meet are normally some that might be a little more off the beaten path, like a Clarice or a Horse Horse Caller or Clarabelle Cow. But Uh, At at my at my birthday, I did have Mickey in his colonial garb and I had not yet hugged a character. So to walk in there and there's Mickey in colonial garb, which I'd actually had a picture of Mickey in his colonial garb. I thought that was really cool. But to get to hug him like it just like I felt like I was like having a full on long, very, very long conversation with Mickey and then I was like, "Well, like, there's people now waiting, and there's a whole line, and Mickey probably doesn't need to hear my whole life story in this moment, but uh, it just was like, only all, you would all,
0: be concerned about this at your own birthday party that we are all at <laughs> to spend time with you at." <laughs> it,
1: it was, it was just great, and it 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 again shined a light on the incredible work that the cast members do, and and bringing to life all of these experiences. Like it, oh it was God. very emotional for me.
0: It was so, too, because also, like, to set the scene, we had boarded a bus. We just left Launch Bay. We boarded a bus. We didn't know anything that was going to happen. So the bus pulls up to, if you're someone like me, like, you know from the back end of Epcot, you know where you are if you're backstage. And so I was like, I have a feeling we're going to American Adventure. And so we all walk in. We walk into American Adventure, and it's like, boom, Mickey's here. And it was, it was like right when you could first hug a character, and I had never seen Mickey like that, and I I was screaming. (laughs) was So excited. It was it was truly amazing because it was the moment of like, oh wow, we're gonna be in here tonight. And then Mickey was like, Welcome to my house. It was amazing. It was yep. amazing. Yeah. I, I loved agree. it so much.
1: Who's your, you had, your favorite? Oh, we knew Duffy oh, for you, I'm sure.
0: Um, I think my favorite obviously it's gonna be a character of Duffy and Friends, but I think my favorite meet and greet within that universe is probably um i flew to hong kong on a whim because that's when i was traveling so much and i'm like i'm gonna be someone with status and i found Aww. a cheap flight to hong kong while i was flying back from disney world and i was like i'm doing it i'm just flying to hong kong for three days alone and i flew out like five days later <laughs> i just wow. went to hong kong alone and uh they they had a meet and greet on main street and it was i think it was duffy and stella Lou. i don't think it was duffy and Shelley may but it might have been. It was two characters at once and I got to hug both of them and it was majestic. It was on Main Street and it was indoors. It was like inside a little like theme oh. space. Mm-hmm. So that, and I was so stressed going there because the schedule isn't really posted. You have to ask the cast member there to be like, with the little sheet and be like, well, who's going to be there? And I got to meet them and it was, oh, it was a dream. It was a dream. It was a dream.
1: I love that for you.
0: I just love, oh, I love Duffy friends so much. I love them so much. I love him. So <laughs> I just love him. Bring it back to Epcot. Uh, who is your favorite Muppet? Beaker. Oh, I love Beaker. Oh, Beaker.
1: I have a, I'm sorry, I'm holding up a Beaker keychain that's like a little tiny plush Beaker that I got years ago at, I want to say I got it at uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. And yes, I've always loved Beaker. Me, oh, yeah. me, 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 me. And I have that adorable Christmas ornament that was gifted to me of Beaker singing a uh, me, 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 me. It's so cute. And then it gets into like five part beaker harmony. It's adorable.
0: I feel like I have been at your holiday party, which is an epic holiday party, by the way. Uh, I feel like I have been like in the corner pressing that button at the Christmas tree, just like alone, <laughs> just like listening to it. It's like eating a brownie or like eating whatever is on the sweets table. Just like, uh, I need a minute. I just need to listen to beaker.
1: Yep. It's, I love those ornaments. Moment. I love hearing like Like them sing See the Light or Kermit talking or Miss Piggy or Edna Mode giving some shade. It's amazing.
0: Oh, it's so good. Um, Would you rather spend an hour on a roller coaster or inside a character meet and greet?
1: You mean like being a friend of a character? (laughs) Oh, no, I mean
0: like hanging out. Like you're at a a Mickey and Minnie meet and greet and you're you're stuck there for an hour talking to them. (laughs) Which, Which would you rather do?
1: Oh, I would uh, definitely rather be with characters for an hour. I Really? I, I would never be bored doing that. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, uh, the older I get, the more roller coasters um do not agree with my brain. So definitely, I mean, I would just love to hang out with the characters for an hour anyway, because like having like the full on nonverbal conversations is, I just love that. Like they're, they're so talented and they can convey entire sentences, thoughts, moments. Just with their hands and gestures and body language, they're uh, yeah.
0: Oh my god, I would absolutely choose roller coaster.
1: I know you would. You would be on a Cosmic Rewind. <laughs> you you'd get through every song multiple times. I have no doubt.
0: <laughs> yes, I just want my brain to slosh around in my skull as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that
1: sound. It's a not a pretty sound. It sounds yeah, no, a it's little not. bit like it's a not. like a like a melted Dole Whip and a. Yeah.
0: I get dimmer and dimmer every year, but thanks for sticking by my side. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Uh, What has been your favorite Disney Plus show so far?
1: WandaVision for me. It was, well, God, there's so many. Uh, WandaVision just was the the first one that came to mind. It was so unexpected and so like completely different than anything I'd seen on television and so brilliantly conceived and thought out. Also, the Imagineering story was... Fantastic. So well done. And just a beautiful, beautiful uh, docuseries. And I, I do. I do love me some high school musical, the musical, of the series. I'm I'm a oh, big yeah, fan. We, yeah. are, we are all in this together. And that's that's all I have to say about that.
0: What is the most secretive Disney space you've ever been able to visit? And I'm not talking like I mean, well, actually, now maybe I am talking. Is there like it's like an executive lunchroom. Like, does that count? Because I was thinking in the parks, but I'll take whatever I can get.
1: Uh, well, on the studio lot, there is there's a there's a, a dining room called the Rotunda, which is fantastic. And we we can go have lunch there one day if you would like. It's totally fine. Yes, it's it, it, it. I've. Yes, that's it's very easy and lovely. I can and go to a, this
0: Rotunda place.
1: You can go to this Rotunda place. Jeffrey,
0: yes. I'm going to buy a suit and carry a briefcase and show up like a little lady.
1: I won't even recognize you.
0: No, um, you definitely won't.
1: <laughs> I'll put on
0: the suit that I bought when I was 22. When I'm like, I guess I'll interview with the Chicago Tribune and then never put on. Just like it's been in the, it's been the closet at home and my parents' house just never needed it because I went into this line of work. But I will put it on to go to this fancy place. Oh, wow.
1: I, it's, it's very casual. It's lovely. And, and it's it's really nice. Uh, the other, Another thing on the lot, which many people have seen because it's part of the D23 studio tours, is the underground tunnel that connects the original animation building and the ink and paint building, which I think is really cool because, of course, we talk about the Utilidor at Walt Disney World, which is another cool place I've I've had the good fortune of of w- roaming through. Um, but, you know, th- that's something that D23 members get to do. They get, there's, of course, Adventures by Disney Tour. So that's a really cool thing, Just and it's unexpected because we always say, oh, you know, we always talk about the tunnels at Walt Disney World, but here at the Walt Disney Studio Lot, we have the, the first tunnel. Yeah, so that's you're really right. Cool. That is
0: yeah, that is cool. I've been there on I've taken the um the D twenty three tour because I was writing a story about it, and that was really cool. And then I think they used it, did they use it in alias? I think they filmed oh, something. A- oh, sorry,
1: alias. Yes. So okay, let's Alias, first of all, one of my favorite shows of all time. Um <laughs> I've never seen it. Also Buffy the Vampire I'm Slayer, first. which is now part of the Disney family, which makes me incredibly happy. But alias <gasps> so amazing. And anyone who First of all, anyone who goes on a tour with me can get the Alias tour because I'm like, <laughs> look, this was both Isabella Rossellini's house and Bradley Cooper's house. Um, the Hyperion Bungalow. I, there, you can, they, film, uh, they filmed on the lot and you can see almost in every episode, you can see something on, from the lot. Like Legends Plaza is used frequently. The, these, these tunnels underground were used a lot. We, I actually did a story for T23.com. We were able to find a few photos from Alias that were shot on the lot and and I did like a match of like here's where they here's where where the they filmed it and here's what it looks like today. So that was really, really fun. I'm not, so obviously I'm just cannot stop talking about alias. I love alias. So yes, you get to see all these things that that were filmed there, including uh, the sections in the in the tunnel. And there was like one scene where there's the ramp, the a ramp that goes from the ink and paint building down into the tunnel. Um and it's it's literally just one ramp and you make a right and you go down the other ramp. But in in one episode, Michael Vartan is running down what looks like sort of like a circular ramp. And he's like, it looks like he's going down many, many, many levels. But it's that ramp. So, you know, that lit- like literally they filmed him going once and then please go back up to the top and then run down again. And I just love that kind of that movie making, TV making, filmmaking magic.
0: Wow, that's so cool. I guess I'll have to watch it. I'll have to watch it. See, nah-
1: but you can watch and you you get a whole other level of appreciation because you can see all of like, oh, that's the commissary. Oh, it's the animation building. It's yeah. Oh, they, that, that's they always both, fun. They
0: really they really use the lot.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a lot. I mean, they and they cover it very well. And and it's fun because it also shows like Grownish film on the lot a lot, um, which yes, is really fun. Yes.
0: I've seen I remember being like, I've been there. <laughs> this is not college.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, but through the magic of set dressing, it is. Wow. Uh, that's always really fun.
0: Movie magic. Uh, what is your coolest international Disney memory?
1: Probably my first trip to Tokyo Disney Resort because I, again, it was pre a lot of internet stuff. And I I, I didn't know exactly what to expect. I knew it was going to be great, but I didn't quite have a handle on how amazing it was going to be and just it's such an amazing park with just beautifully detailed and designed and the experiences it were unlike anything i'd I'd had before the winnie the pooh's um, honey hunt honey hunt thank you winnie the pooh's honey hunt was just like what there's no track and we're all going different ways and and that was before we we had a lot of the trackless systems here so that was just amazing and the people were so kind and it's it's just a beautiful beautiful resort
0: last but not least what is one thing people should be very excited about for D23 Expo 2022
1: Well, the first thing that comes to mind, which is what I've been seeing at a lot of the D23 events that have just been, again, put together, Mike Margo, who's the head of D23 and Mitch and Nan and Alex and uh, Justin, they were all so talented. So I want to make sure that they get a proper shout out. Um, I think the thing that we have been, the thing that we've been seeing at a lot of these events is people are just so happy to be together again. And I think that is something that's going to have more impact on. Uh, at least on me then I'm probably ready for that sort of massive, that that same kind of love that I was talking about when uh, I I was on stage at Destination D23. I think the love that that we're all going to feel together in this sort of massive way. I think the archives exhibit is going to be very, very cool. This, This sort of experiential, put yourself into these scenes experience. And seeing Walt's plane, I think having Walt's plane back and and spruced up, I think that's going to be massive for Disney fans and for me personally as well. You know, by the time this comes out, I'm sure we'll have announced more panels and presentations as well. But knowing what's coming, I think the fans are really going to be excited and the further integration of some of the 20th century National Geographic properties that were a part of the acquisition from several years ago. They they were a, a part of the Expo in 2019, but now obviously we're much more integrated as a company. And I think seeing some of those things come to life in a, in a new way is going to be very, very fun for people.
0: Oh, I'm excited. It is It is pretty bonkers to think about how there was like one of the big narratives from the last Expo in 2019 was sign up for Disney Plus. <laughs> and right? now it's like we are living in a Disney Plus world. Like it's only been a few years and things have really changed.
1: We are living in a Disney Plus world and I never want to leave. I'm very happy in my Disney Plus world. I'm, I don't need any other channels. Thank you very much. Except for ABC Free Forum, Disney Channel, National yeah. Geographic, <laughs> FX.
0: Of course. Yeah, just all, all. I mean, you know, you know I'm a Hulu lady. I am a Hulu, oh, Hulu. lady oh, ride gosh. or die. But Ugh. all those are I, on Hulu.
1: I they're so they're, I mean, only murders in the building, obsessed, of course, obsessed. love Victor obsessed. was great and, and I just re- I started
0: rewatching Scandal. So good. It's so good. I've watched I'm not even going to tell you how many episodes I've watched while I was like doing things around the house and kind of working a little bit. I th- I'm now almost done with season 2 and I started I think 2 days ago. <laughs>
1: Oh wow, that's impressive! Yeah,
0: because I've is. watched it before, but seeing it all like real quick in succession, it's like wow, this is so good.
1: Yes, that's how I felt about re- when I rewatched Alias and Buffy. Like it was just seeing them all, like things, like things that had been strung out, like plot points that like were mentioned one episode, and the, the consistency of the writing to make sure that those things remain true and and continue to come up over the course of the years of the show. I think is it's it's something that. I think if any fan would really appreciate it and someone who watches them all together will really get a lot out of it. Just, you know, another plug for watching Alias. And
0: I, Fine, fine, fine. I'll watch Alias. Fine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jennifer Garner is on it... revelation. Oh,
0: I love Jennifer Garner. I'm watching every cooking video she posts. I'm a huge <laughs> fan. If I was a baby, I'd be sucking down those little packet of vegetables that she sells. I love her. <laughs> I love her so much. Same, same. Uh, is she in your phone?
1: She is not on my phone. Oh,
0: not yet. Not yet.
1: Sorry. Maybe one day. I love Maybe her. one day.
0: I love her too. Uh, thank you so much for coming on Very Amusing.
3: Hey, Carly. This is Katie from Oregon. We are headed on the Disney Wish in uh, about two months now. And I'm curious what your suggestion would be for which time we should do dining. The early dining seems too early, and the late dining seems too late. We're coming from the West Coast, so that might make a difference with the time change. And we have our son with us who's five, but he's a super night owl. Is there a best time to go do dining with all the shows and stuff? If I do an early dining, am I going to miss a show? If I do a late dining, am I going to miss a show? Thanks for your answer. I love your show. Thanks. Bye.
0: Okay, I'm just gonna let you know from the top, I am a late dining person. I have a late dining agenda. To me, that is the right way to cruise. On board the Disney Wish, for anyone who doesn't know, there are two different dining times, 545 and 815. And yes, if you have children, it seems like a little early or a little late, but I love dining at the later seating every single time because I really like to come back from maybe you've been off the ship all day, maybe you've been busy doing activities. I like to come back and I like to see a show before I go to dinner. I don't love seeing a dinner and then I'm excuse me. I don't like eating dinner and then going to a show. 545 is too early for my adult body to be consuming large portions of food. And this way you can always eat popcorn during the early show, which is usually my go to move. Now, if you are coming from the West Coast and your child is a night owl. I think you'll really enjoy nighttime dining because that way you can wrap up your afternoon, you can shower, you can get ready, and then you can go enjoy the theater, go do activities before you go to dinner. And it really feels like it extends your day, if you know what I mean. When you have dinner at 545, at five o'clock, you got to start getting ready for stuff. Like, you have to wind down the day. And that just feels very early on vacation. I much prefer dining later. And then you have the whole day, it feels like, until eight when you have to head over to the meal. I mean, you don't head over at 8.15 unless you're me and you're late to everything, but head <laughs> yeah, a few minutes early because you want to be there early because I'm always like one of the last ones we see, seen it and it's not good. Anyway, uh, my lateness <laughs> aside, I would absolutely in your situation in almost every situation, unless your children like to eat earlier, I almost always, always, always recommend choosing late dinner. I hope that was helpful and I hope you have so much fun on the Disney Wish.
3: Hi, Carly. This is Andrea from Columbus, Ohio, and I'm calling because I have a very important question about the Disney Wish. Um, I think everyone who's been to a theme park knows that you spend a lot of money to get into a Disney theme park, and then you go to the bathroom, and the toilet paper is basically see-through. I mean, come on. What are you doing? So, my question is, on the Disney Wish, are we treated to that lovely Disney Parks got half fly toilet paper? Or is it a more premium experience to match with the premium experience of the ship? I know, it's a crazy question, but these are the things that keep me up at night as I'm planning my cruise in January. Thanks so much for all your Wish coverage. It's been a blast to listen to, and I can't wait to get on the Wish in January. Have a great day. Bye.
0: Okay. So, this is not crazy. This is a very valid question. And while I personally cannot remember if the toilet paper was bad on the Disney Wish, I feel like that is proof that it was not bad. Because you will never forget how bad the toilet paper is at a Disney park. It is tragic. It is the idea of toilet paper without the follow through. You know what I mean? It's like if someone took a Kleenex and split it seven ways and was like, here you go. Good luck. So I completely understand where you're coming from. But I have no memory of the toilet paper on the ship being problematic. Now that I'm thinking about it and saying this out loud, I'm also not wondering if the toilet paper on the ship is specific because it has to be able to be flushed and you're like, you're not on land, you're on the ocean. I am not sure now that I think about that. Do they have special toilet paper on the cruise? Do not know. I don't know if I'm gonna research it further, but what I will say is that the toilet paper did not uh, leave an impression on me, which makes me think it is definitely better than the parks. I-, I hope that's helpful. I don't know if it is, but I would say don't worry about the toilet paper on the ship. You're going to have so much fun. You uh you won't be brought down by bad toilet paper like at the parks. Oh, terrible toilet paper. I hope that's mildly helpful. Ugh, thanks for calling.
3: Hi, Carly. I'm calling from Canada. I'm thinking about doing my first ever or. Intro- er- international visit since the pandemic started to Disneyland in August. I've been very COVID cautious the whole two years, masking, vaccines, all of that. I'm wondering how to manage uh, the part, a part trip safely, um, since safety will still be top of mind and help me decide whether I'm going to do the Disneyland trip. I know you're very COVID cautious, so I'd love any feedback you have. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, I am happy to answer this for you. And congrats on going on your first international trip since the pandemic began. It's very exciting. Now, as you can imagine, masks are of utmost importance when you are visiting a theme park at a time like this, if you are safety conscious. You really can't mess around. I wear mine indoors on attractions 100% of the time, and even outdoors if I'm in a larger crowd or walking past a lot of people. Uh, And again, this is all personal. I'm not a doctor. This is just what I've experienced covering theme parks in a pandemic. Please don't sue me. Um, (laughs) I also pack two kinds. I usually wear an N95 indoors if I'm in a store, if I am indoors waiting in a queue in an attraction, and then I'll usually wear a surgical mask outside if I'm walking past people just because it can get hot out and I like to have the variety. Sometimes I forget to switch them, but I'm still uh, always wearing one. Now, I want to mention it's it's not fun to do this, especially in summer, since you are going in August. Uh, I don't love wearing a mask all the time to theme parks. I wish I felt comfortable not doing so. But I strongly believe that uh, having 100 percent mask wearing on attractions whenever I'm in line, whenever I'm walking through the park. I strongly believe that's the only reason I've been able to go to theme parks as much as I have without ever contracting COVID. Some people there will be wearing masks. Most will not be, which makes certain indoor queues like Space Mountain or Indiana Jones Adventure a bit less than ideal. But personally, I really trust and believe in masks. And I think if you want to do Disneyland and are safety conscious, being really, really good about masks is going to be most important. And now, if you want to get really granular with it, you can also try to prioritize rides with bigger indoor queues at the start of the day so that the lines are shorter and hypothetically you won't be waiting as long. Specifically, I would use Genie Plus to guide you on that journey, so I would probably want to ride something with a long indoor queue like Rise of the Resistance or... Space Mountain or Indiana Jones, like the ones I mentioned, where the queue is a big chunk of it is indoors. I would try to ride those earlier when the lines are maybe shorter, so you might move through more quickly whether or not you have Genie+. Plus, Now, thankfully, the other big indoor issue is dining. In Disneyland's weather is way better than Disney World's, so eating outside is not a tragedy and actually very easily done. There are so many quick-service restaurants with outdoor seating, as well as table-service ones with outdoor seating, so there's almost always an option to steer clear of removing your mask indoors while dining. Again, at this point in the pandemic, everyone is free to choose what they want to do. But I do find Disneyland to be very doable because of that reason. There are always quieter spots in both parks to hide away as well if you just want to get away from the crowds. But I think you'll be pleasantly surprised that even though it will be busy, even though it'll be a lot of people, especially at nighttime entertainment, because as we know, Main Street Electrical Parade and Disneyland Forever Fireworks are essentially going away right after August, the beginning of September. I still think it's doable if you just put on a mask, you try to stay outside, and you do your best. I hope you have so much fun on your trip, and uh, welcome, welcome back to America. Thanks for calling.
3: Hey, it's Oscar from Chicago. I love the answering machine message. I know this is a bit outside your
1: usual range of Disney park topics, but some friends and I were going to go to Disneyland in DCA in August in the hopes of doing every ride in one day. So we already have a plan of attack, and we understand all the systems, you know, Lightning Lane, single rider, park hopper, and so forth. But I'm curious what your approach would be and what your advice would be to anyone looking to pull us off. Thanks.
0: Now, is your question stressing me out? Yes, it is. <laughs> Going on every ride at, during Disneyland's pandemic era rules where you can't park hop freely is already putting you at a disadvantage because you cannot move between between theme parks until later in the day. And I know the approach before was to bounce back and forth to get on the biggest rides first. So. I'm already like, oh, yeah, yay, this is going to be stressful. But I think my main piece of advice for you is to really approach this like a college thesis. Like you really want to put a lot of time and a lot of energy into statistics, into mathematics, into looking at data and pulling from that to try to figure out the exact route and the exact order of rides you need to do when lines are lower in the day or lower at the end, like in the early afternoon or, or late afternoon, early evening hours. Like You really want to plan your day out if you do want to go on everything, which is stressing me out. But if you are committed, I believe in you and I think you can do it. The thing that I'm going to recommend to you is this website that a friend, my friend Cable, turned me on to called Thrill Data. It's thrill-data.com. And it's just... It's a really really good website to let you know historically when genie plus return times are selling out for certain rides kind of like what the wait times are it's all this sort of data in this genie plus era that i find to be very very helpful and they have a disneyland end of the site and they have like a lot of parks on here so i think that is probably your best resource for planning this but again It is all going to come down to planning. I think winging it and doing whatever, whatever you'd like, like kind of just, you know, deciding as you go. I think that is never going to accomplish your goal. (laughs) You really, really, really want to plan in advance, especially in this genie plus lightning lane era. The other piece of advice that I'm going to have for you is to cut out quote unquote attractions. I'm talking like boats, canoes, don't do it. Give yourself a break. Just stick to rides. You don't want to be too aggressive. I know that like the parcheology uh, point of view is to include everything. And if you want to listen back to that episode, I think that might be helpful to like get in the brain space of this, of this like uh, self-competition. But maybe cut yourself some slack. Only stick to rides. Also, if something is down during the day, I say don't count it. If you're setting your own rules, if a ride goes down, that's not your fault that's like a, like, what do they call it, an act of God in terms of like insurance? Like if you didn't do it. Let it go. I want to make this as easy on you as possible. And I wish you luck because it, it that's a long day, especially in the summer, but I think you can do it. Let me know how it goes. I want to know if you made it. I want to know if you got close. Keep me updated. Keep me posted. Thanks so much for calling. that's our show thank you all so much for listening and a very special thank you to my dear friend jeffrey epstein for coming on and having a gab sesh here on very amusing you can find jeffrey all over the internet uh jeffrey's on instagram at jeffrey epstein and on twitter at epstein jeffrey a little confusing but either way His last name is spelled E-P-S-T-E-I-N. So just find him. And I highly recommend Instagram, too, because sometimes I pop up on that feed. Sometimes there's photos of me that Jeffrey is much better at taking photos, so there's like nice photos of me. So I highly recommend it just for that. If you want to see me looking like a lady out in the town, that's where to go. You can also listen to Jeffrey every week on the fabulous D23 Inside Disney podcast. I love it. Other people I know love it. And sometimes they not-so-secretly bury news in the episodes, in the interviews, because they are a disney podcast they get it first so highly recommend listening if you like to know breaking news about the parks just saying just saying just saying also (laughs) he got to talk to chris evans and i'm very jealous so that's also there you can rate review and follow very amusing on apple podcasts and rate and follow us on spotify If you would like to call in and just kind of ask us anything, you can do so any time of day or night, really, whenever, at 747-CHURROS. If you're like, ah, phones, you can send us a voice note, it's totally okay. You can text it to us at 747-CHURROS or email it to 747-CHURROS at gmail.com. If you're in the mood to buy a t-shirt, well, I've got some. (laughs) Head to verydashamusing.com to peruse our internet mini mall of t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, other cool stuff. I highly recommend them. I wear the cropped sweatshirt, the retro repeating crops crop sweatshirt and crop tee, almost every single day, to the point where I'm kinda of worried because it's become a uniform and I don't want to look like a self-promo machine, but I just really like the merch we made. I mean, that's like truly like make the merch, make the clothing you want to see in the world. I did it. And now I don't touch anything else in my closet. Oops. I even had to re even had to reorganize my shelves. I had to reorganize my shelves because I keep pulling the same cropped sweatshirt that I had to move them to the top and move other stuff to the bottom. So they're easier to get. Ay ay ay. But that's how much I love them. And I highly recommend them. So head to very-amusing.com to learn more. You can follow me if you want more of this on Twitter and on Instagram and on TikTok at Carly Weisel. You can also Join the wonderful Fomaly at facebook.com/groups/carly Wisel. This episode was edited attentively by Jeff Fox. Thanks so much for listening. See you real soon
3: Hey, honey, it's Mom. Oh I did love this episode so much, Probably more so than most because I got to hang out and meet Andrew and Josh who are so wonderful. Oh, my God. They are so sweet and so down-to-earth and so great and so funny. And I didn't realize that we spent almost, like, every night with them. Like, we saw them. We did the fireworks with them. We did the theaters with them. We went to Jeffrey's. We had a really great time with them. And I have to say, they give great hugs. And I'm partial, I think, to Andrew because I heard him on your podcast. And I thought, I got to know him a little more from the podcast, so I virtually attacked him like any mom would attack the cutest kid in the world, and I hugged and kissed them every night. I love them. They are just pleasure and sweet and kind and grounded and mature, and that's all I have to say about them. I kind of love them. But now I know why you said to me, Mom, do you have my Bommets for sure? It's all coming together. I'm hoping you get two sweatshirts for that one T-shirt. Yes, your theme was shopping, if I recall. So that was fun. Anyway, this was a wonderful, wonderful episode. I loved it so, so much. Um, Let's see. The caller, I think she called about the mom and daughter that they're going on the trip. The daughter might be a little bit younger. Best thing in the world to go away with your children and bond with them and have the best time ever. I love that so much. And the caller who worried about the invasiveness of the characters. I literally had to chase the characters down. So it wasn't like they're in your face. They're bothering you. They stop like at a certain point, take a couple pictures, like whoever happens to be on that floor could take it or you walk away. Very easy. So I just wanted to say thanks again. Um, I will see you now in two days. I'm very, very, very excited. I love you so much. Great episode. Love Andrew. Love Josh. They are so much fun. And, it was just great episode and I'm glad I'm a part of it. I love you so much. Bye, honey.